You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today I got to talk to a teenager that is an actor. So his name is Philip Zhao and he played Sho in the film Ready Player One, which was directed by Steven Spielberg. So we talked a bit about what it's like becoming an actor at such a young age, what it's like working with one of the most famous directors of all time, and how his life has kind of changed from this movie. So I want to give a bit of context before we begin the interview. Ready Player One, for those of you who haven't watched it, I'll just read the little Google summary before if you don't know what it is. If you do know what it is, then feel free to skip ahead, but I'll just give a little quick summary about what Ready Player One is. So, Ready Player One is a film set in 2045 with the world on the brink of chaos and collapse, but the people have found salvation in the Oasis, an expansive virtual reality universe created by the brilliant and eccentric James Holiday. When Halliday dies, he leaves his immense fortune to the first person to find a digital Easter egg he has hidden somewhere in the oasis, sparking a contest that grips the entire world. When an unlikely young hero named Wade Watts decides to join the contest, he is hurled into a breakneck, reality-bending treasure hunt through a fantastical universe of mystery, discovery, and danger. So that's basically the rundown of the movie. It's basically a group of teenagers that want to find this Easter egg before a bunch of other people do. And it's a great movie. I recommend you watching it. I got to talk to Philip Zhao, who plays show one of the main characters in the team that is the main team in this movie. So it was really interesting getting to hear behind the scenes of what an actor is like on a movie set what it's like at a young age working in a movie and what that process is like from beginning to end. So that's pretty much the rundown of that. So without further ado, I'll start the interview with Philip Zhao. Thank you so much for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Uh, I guess like I, I never really did like a formal introduction. So my name is Tealand and uh, I started this podcast to talk to people with different jobs about the careers because like, you know, we're teenagers and a lot of my peers and I know a lot of like teenagers across the country, they don't really know what they want to do in the future and they don't know like their future career goal plans. So I talk to people like computer engineers and lawyers and stuff like that. But there's also a section of the podcast where I talk to teenagers about cool things that they've done so for example one is like a teenager that did a deal with mark cuban on shark tank and another one was a youtuber he has like over a hundred thousand subscribers and there's a lot of cool teenagers that i think are like doing pretty cool things so that's why like i reached out to you because i thought what you do is really interesting well thanks thanks Yeah, yeah i think um being an actor is one of those things where we see it a lot in the movies but we don't really know what goes behind the scenes of stuff like that so yeah i thought it'd be pretty interesting to talk to you all right for people that have not seen the movie or people that don't know who you are give a little introduction about like what you do and who are you well i'm philip Zhao, and uh i acted in the 2018 movie ready player one which was directed by steven spielberg i played the part of show all right so can you describe more about how you started becoming an actor or what that process was like when you first auditioned well actually this was my first ever audition and i i I guess i just struck gold but um Mm -hmm. what happened was my dad he's always on this chinese social media app called wechat you know Mm -hmm. and uh one day he just saw this ad in there he was like 
oh, Philip, I see there's an opportunity. You know, you could go try to audition for this one Steven Spielberg movie. And at the time, you know, I've never been a school guy. So I was like, all right, I'm down for it. So I tried it out. And then um, I guess I did well in my video interviews because then they invited me to go over to New York to actually do it in front of them in person. And mm-hmm. when I went to New York, I met Ellen Lewis, who also happens to be the cast, who also happened to be the casting director of Forrest Gump. And um, I actually bombed my first audition there. But you she was like, it? "Yeah, I absolutely bombed it. I had no oh. idea what was going on." <laughs> but I went in there with no shame. In fact, I was so unprepared to the point in which um, I read the book on the way to New York, the five-hour uh-huh. car ride, <laughs> and oh, the wow. first three questions she asked me was about the book so i gotta thank my sister for that because she told me to read it otherwise i wouldn't have read it uh-huh. um yeah don't be like me but <laughs> she was she sent me back to the hotel she got us a coach because she learned it was our first time actually doing an audition and uh that night i talked with christina wright she's an acting coach and the next day i went back and christina went there with me and she actually was the one who read the lines in the background and i guess i did pretty well <laughs> wow so what made you want to become an actor so did you ever do like i don't know stage you know school plays or stuff like that like how did your dad know that you could apply or like could audition for this oh well actually when i was like really really young like when i was five or six i i was like i want to be a hollywood actor when i grow up or like a singer Mm. or something like that Mm -hmm. and then when i was 10 i was like hollywood and asians they just don't get spelled <laughs> together you know what i mean so i was like all right i guess i'm just gonna go like a different route or something maybe marketing and then um when i saw this opportunity they were casting for a bilingual chinese kid so i was like that's me <laughs> mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i uh there's nothing to lose so i just went in and tried it out hmm. yeah i thought like maybe you had to have like some kind of acting experience or something of that sort where like you know you've like done some things before but for you it was just like first time and it worked out yeah yeah so you haven't even done short films or anything you know random stuff on the camera or something where like you're talking from the camera like nothing well my dad has an archive of like 50,000 videos i shot on the iphone 50,000 no not 50,000 it's, it's like maybe 200 something like that it was when i was uh, eight or nine we used to uh in our old you know retro iphone 4 <laughs> <laughs> i i used to um do little videos because i was really intrigued by how cnn did it like broadcasted their events so smoothly you know same with like how the nba there's literally mm-hmm. you know it's just smoothed out it's completely clean I guess I would say it that way. So mm-hmm. I always wanted to figure out how they did that. And then I would try that on the phone. And I made my own little talk shows like Car News or something. I forgot. Um, I see. That's kind of yeah. like what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yours is way cooler. <laughs> nah, that's not true. No, you should have no. seen those videos. It was hilarious. I had like one of those Hot Wheels. I'll be like, boom. Oh, my God. There's a car crash today in that- uh, downtown Washington. no but like okay so that's kind of like your basis for your your quote-unquote acting so that's how you first started so you decided that you wanted to uh audition for this movie 
and yep. then you get to go to New York. And then what's the next thing? What happens after that? Well, after the audition, she was like, oh, we're going to call you back in a week if you got mm -hmm. the part or not. And then we went back home. And like two days later, um, I wasn't expecting it at all. Uh, we just came back from 66 Bob's Shanghai Noodles. Um, we had bought <laughs> steamed buns, and I was eating them at the dinner table. All of a sudden, my dad comes into the room. He's like, so, Philip, I got a call today. I was like, yeah. He's like, you got the part. And immediately, I just, you know, my 12-year-old self couldn't comprehend this. I was like, oh, wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, how much money am I going to earn from this? <laughs> because... <laughs> um, That's the first I've thing always, that you... <laughs> yup. Because I've always been a huge computer guy, tech guy, and I just never was able to afford that stuff. So, I was really curious. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, okay, I see. I see you. I see you. Um, so... Yes. So oh, how much money question. did? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't talk. Oh yeah. So the ex. <laughs> what do you want to? You can, you're actually down. You you you're down. To talk about that. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just not. Let's just stay away from that topic. Okay. So you got the part. Right. What's next? What happens? Um. Well, we're supposed to keep it a secret. We can't talk about it. All right. See ya. Thanks for thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Um. Being my 12-year-old self, I just, I went to school. I was told not to tell anyone about it, but I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I got in that Steven Spielberg movie. Don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Ready Player One. And then um, no one believed me at all until <laughs> my parents had to go to the counseling office because I was gone. I was going to be gone from school for so long that they had to remove oh, me yeah. from the school system. Oh, yeah. Uh, so what happened was I had to tell my teachers, and then after that, all my friends found out. So that was pretty cool. I felt mm -hmm. like I was on top of the world. <laughs> and then, um, what is it? Then I flew to London. We filmed it at the Leaveson Studios. And um, that's what happened. <laughs> wow. So what was your daily schedule kind of like? Uh, well, I would go on set every day. It was Monday to Friday, five-day work day. And then um, because I was a minor at the time, I'm still a minor. Um <laughs> I could only work nine and a half hours a day. Um, mm -hmm. So I, the call times would vary. Like some days I would go in at 11 a.m. Some days I would get up at like 5.40 to go there at like 6.30. Um, it really depended. Like the schedule was very inconsistent. Like I remember we went to Birmingham to shoot the, uh, the you know, the car scenes where it was going through the city. Mm -hmm. And... I didn't film at all that whole week. I was just in the hotel. We were doing costume fittings, stunt training, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that was the schedule was very inconsistent. Hmm. So how do you like substitute school for that? Because that's pretty interesting. Well, actually, they arranged it in a really good time. So I, it would start in June, like early June. Mm -hmm. And uh, what is it? It would end in late September. And my school, you know, it's like perfect summertime, right? Mm -hmm. So I would leave school on time, and then, but I would miss the first month of school in my eighth grade year. So I had mm -hmm. to get removed from the school system. But the counselors gave me all the work in advance, basically to help me keep up with my mm -hmm. academics. Plus, I grew up in an Asian household, so academics <laughs> are like very important. I can relate. Yes. Mm. So um, yeah, <laughs> uh, this was actually the worst part of filming. It was called tutoring. So uh, they would hire a tutor, and I would 
pains okay i'm not gonna try that word i would learn uh very uh, slowly i'm a very slow learner when uh-huh. it comes to math and oh uh-huh. my god my french is terrible yeah uh-huh. okay so you're missing school you got a tutor mm-hmm. you're doing um you're doing work so outside of academics like in the actual set what is that kind of like what was that like the first time when you went in uh someone that's never done acting before oh i remember this clearly so um the first day i ever went on set it was a assistant director called lauren who just led me around and um she would show me everything like where we would do our training the different facilities my trailer the snack bar i hung out at the snack bar a lot and then the first actual day that i started filming it was um it got deleted from the movie by the way no wait it was in the movie it was in the movie uh it was a scene where i walk up out of the exploding car to retrieve the first key so um basically they put me in a mocap suit which is a tight like it's a wetsuit looking thing and they had balls it was very technologically advanced i found it pretty cool so every time you move to a track of movement so i got in that suit and then i would get out of the car brush off my arm Go over to Mark and say, which in Chinese is thank you, master. That line didn't make it into the movie, but that was my first scene ever shot. And uh, Steven guided me throughout. It was just crazy. Hmm. So what is that like kind of working with Steven Spielberg? Your very first movie and you're working with one of the most famous directors of all time. Well, you know, I started at the top with Steven Spielberg. There's only one way to go, which is not higher. (laughs) <laughs> um but he's a genius he's a he's incredibly attentive to all the little details in the movie like he would move to re- like in the background of some of the uh truck scenes you would see a retro bag of doritos he would move that because he didn't like the placement that's how attentive oh, wow. to the details he was and then before every scene he would talk to each actor for 30 to 40 minutes just individually Telling them about the blocking, the scenario you're in, what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do. But um, a lot of it he gave to our imagination. Like, we could decide what we wanted to do. We were the main players. Because mm-hmm. wow. he believed that since we were cast for this role, we fit this role very well. And he trusts the actors with that. So um, I found that really cool. But when he didn't like what he saw, like when we were overthinking it, trying to make a scene funny out of nothing, mm-hmm. uh, he would tell us to act the scene out like five times faster than what it was so we had absolutely no time to think and the next time we did the scene it would just be a scene you know it'd be natural but it wouldn't be overacted like we did before Hmm. so was there like not a set script that you always had to follow like you could improvise and do things differently um you couldn't improvise improvise i would say Mm -hmm. um but i followed the script but it didn't matter if you got a couple of words wrong. Like, there are some lines that you had to get the words right because they're like a punchline, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But other lines, if you say one or two words wrong, it's fine. You just keep going. Mm-hmm. Unless at, uh, like, unless you completely change the meaning of the scene, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. fine. It really depends on the performance of the actor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I want to talk about more, like the performance side. So what are some things that the regular movie watcher won't know that much about about the performance and like what was something that you didn't know about the perform like 
about performance as someone that has never acted before prior? Well, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but all the scenes are not shot in chronological order. It's very, like, they give you the script the night before. Oh, it's wow. just a, It's just a script, you know, of, like, one scene that we're doing the next day. Hmm. So, um... I think that's one thing that people don't know about. And the second thing is probably the amount of time and work the crew uses, you know? Like, they work really, really hard, and they're really underappreciated. Hmm. They, yes. they, all the costumes that the actors wear, they custom stitch a lot of them. Like, oh, my wow. jacket in the movie, one of the costume designers stitched, hand-stitched it for me. Oh, wow. And then another part is the uh, graphic de designers. You know, they design the avatars, stuff like that. People just take it for granted. They're like, oh my god, mm -hmm. look, that's mm -hmm. a cool design. But mm -hmm. they don't know the amount of dedication that people put into it. Mm -hmm. So it's all coming at you really fast. You're <laughs> a first-time actor. You all yeah. see all these like sets. You see all the crew. I'm assuming there's a lot of shock when you first went into it. So... When were you like, okay, this is my role. This is what I'm doing. I think when I walked on set for the first time, I wasn't all that shocked. Because I mm. did a lot of research before I went on set. <laughs> and mm. uh, they just showed it around. It was very cool to me because I got to see in person. I got to see how they did things. I get to be up close with the trainers and stuff like that. Uh -huh. And... Uh, the best part about it is that everyone on set is really supportive, very nice. They all understand that, you know, every actor has to start from somewhere. And this is, like, mm -hmm. very new to me. So all the assistant directors would guide me around. Spielberg would help me. Steven, he's incredible. And then the other actors, they're, like, they're really close, close friends. Like, us, as a cast, we were really tight-knit. So mm -hmm. they would really help me with everything, pretty yeah. much, if I ever yeah. needed anything. I think this is a really interesting concept because, well, we're teenagers and <laughs> we never have, you don't have this many people around you at all times, like guiding you or kind of like surrounding you at all times. And yeah, and it's just like something that I could never imagine if like all of a sudden I'm like a first time actor and all of a sudden I just go to a movie set in London. And <laughs> when you first met, the actors that you're working with what was that kind of like and how did you kind of make like chemistry together so that you guys acted well well uh oh my goodness it's pouring outside sorry if you hear thunder in the background by the way uh, uh so the actors like we would play a lot of video games we're pretty much all children on set <laughs> mm -hmm. uh they had this game trailer and uh win and i would hang out a lot there because we had all our scenes together pretty much we're brothers mm -hmm. in the movie. We have to be very close. So, um, first of all, we meshed well. We were great friends. Um, we went golfing together. We were both terrible at it. And then, um, yeah, the crew would also invite us into some events with the mm. other actors. So we basically come together as a group, do activities together after work, and then that'd be a lot of fun. And it, it was like great team building, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... When it actually came to filming, we knew how to work with each other, how to communicate with each other, you know, that sort of mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. I think the chemistry is probably one of the best 
things you can have on a set. Interesting. We we're talking a lot about the process of filming, mm-hmm. but I want to touch upon parts of how it affected you and your life personally. So, did your parents come to you with London to film, or did they stay back at home? Well, uh, my parents they um work for the government, which is like about eighty percent of the people who live in my area, because we're next to DC. Um, uh-huh. but they went to set with me. They they didn't have enough vacation time to stay with me the whole time. So basically, the first month it was oh, wow. my dad with me, and the second month my grandparent, my mom's uh, parents moved in because they live in London actually, so it was very convenient. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. uh, the third month it was my mom. And my sister also came to visit for two weeks, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. And I don't think my life was isn't is like very affected at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I see this as a great opportunity, you know. Great thing to put on your resume. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I am banking on this. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So it didn't affect your life in any big ways. Like you're still the same Philip that you were before the movie. I just think that, honestly, my mentality right now is that everyone's human. You know, mm-hmm. if one accomplishment supposedly makes you more important than the other, then that's not an accomplishment at all. You're just the same mm-hmm. person. You know. Yeah. You can't stay. You can't move away from your roots. So basically, mm-hmm. that's what I'm. That's one thing my parents really put into me, and uh, I believe it myself. It's if, like, you just stay the same person you are. Make ev- remind everyone that you're just like them even if you've done something different mm-hmm. so we're done with the movie now it's time for what comes after so what did you do like right after like when i guess like when the movie was done with all its post-production and it's ready to be released what was the reaction from your peers your family and what was your role in all that well my friends were very excited because um I was scheduled to go on a one month a one month press tour just like around mm-hmm. basically the world. <laughs> wow. And I was really excited and my friends were really excited for me. Um so the problem was I actually nearly didn't go on the press tour. This is the, this is actually a pretty sad story. So oh. uh I've never been a school guy. I've never been much of an academic guy, especially in the math mm-hmm. department. I'm very good at English, but like Ooh. Mm-hmm. So, what happened was I was not doing well in math. <laughs> uh huh. So my parents nearly w- thought about me staying, skipping the press tour, and just focusing on academics. Wow. But um, eventually I got my grade up. Like nearing uh-huh. that, I clutched it out. I worked my ass off, <laughs> hey. and then um, I got to go on the tour, and that was probably one of the best experiences of my life because tour it's just. People say it's tiring. When I got there, everyone was like, oh, you're going to be sick of these interviewers by, like, the third day. Oh, gosh. Are you you're sick gonna... of me? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I find these things kind of fun. You know, I just... Uh-huh. Uh, so I had fun during that whole one-month process. And when the movie came out, the day that I got back, my friends invited me to watch it with me. Uh-huh. So I went to watch it with couple groups of my friends you know oh wow and by the you know to this day i've watched ready player one 18 times 
I swear to God, if I have to watch it one more time, <laughs> but you can probably recite every single line at this point. I pretty much can at this point. You know, I I probably can memorize every shot by shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you saw it firsthand. Yeah, and then I remember so, at the premiere, yeah. I was really, really nervous because uh -huh. I didn't know how audiences would react to it. Uh huh. And then when I saw the reaction was like extremely positive. You know, I was just overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was overjoyed. Um, yeah. So when you watch the movie, do you have different thoughts? Like, oh, I remember this one. This is when this happened behind the scenes. And this is when this happened. Oh, yeah. we. <laughs> I get a lot of this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the good old times. You know, when I was, <laughs> when I was actually employed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So everything is all said and done. Now you did your press tour wait by the way where did you go on your press tour like what different countries did you go to uh we went to europe we went to la austin hmm. uh you know i wish they had a premiere in dc because i'm from dc so you know mm -hmm. maryland wow. pride but they don't like the east coast very much except for new york yeah. i know that you just said you were on the west coast right i'm from the bay area yeah, West Coast gets way too much love. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it, it is kind of better. Mm, <laughs> no, no, what did I say? Other than weather, you know. Mm, <laughs> eh. But all right, yeah. So we went, we ran around Europe and the U.S. It was, it was cool. It was cool. <laughs> okay. So, what was that kind of like traveling to different parts of the world? I'm excited for every time. I love traveling. The only thing I hate about traveling is when I have to go to China and it takes me 14 hours to get there. I'm on the plane. And then, oh lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you get first class though? Uh, nah. Nah. I mean, they did fly me first class for press tours and stuff and to England, but, you know, regular life economy it's kind of painful sometimes it's fine I, I i can relate it's okay oh man did i like first class yes i did i of love course. first class so much <laughs> oh you can just like when you're walking down the plane and you see those giant chairs and you have to go past them onto the other side it not gonna lie. my heart when i see that you know not gonna lie one time i was gonna i was walking back to go to the bathroom i was in first class and the bathroom was occupied so i kept walking back and i walked into the economy section and i was like peasants <laughs> no. <laughs> no wait 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 what did you say before about how all oh, humans are oh, oh crap <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna leave the interview now oh, man. <laughs> okay so now like we're following the timeline you're done with the press tours yep. you're done with everything are uh -huh. you back to school now <laughs> are you doing like everything the same oh uh, right now i'm in school you know being a good asian boy um I want to get more acting roles. I love doing it. And mm -hmm. I do have like a passion toward it. Like every day when I got mm -hmm. back from set, I was like, I can't wait till the next day. Mm -hmm. And um, the last week was very emotional for me because I knew I was going to leave soon. Mm -hmm. So that was very sad. Mm -hmm. Okay, back to the question. Back to the question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm focusing on school right now. Um, trying to get my GPA up. You know, that's good. The classic stuff. Mm -hmm. And then uh, mm -hmm. looking toward college, and yeah, uh, yeah I, I want to continue in this in this field. At least I want to stay in the entertainment industry because I just find it really fascinating and I love it. Mm -hmm. So, 
are you looking to apply to colleges or are you like want to go straight into hollywood after oh i'm applying for college if i don't go to college oh man my parents are gonna kill me <laughs> so are you gonna major in like drama or are you gonna major in like a different major uh i really haven't given it much thought but my parents you know they're recommending me to do a double major one is going to be like performing arts because they want uh -huh. me to take advantage of this opportunity you know yeah. Yeah. And then, um, number two, it was, it's probably going to be like marketing or something. Cause I just always found marketing a really underrated and fascinating job ever since I was it a is. kid. So yeah. Yeah. And you know, I have Asian parents too, and <laughs> you always emphasize academics. And, uh, when I first started my podcast, I, I feel like they didn't really understand like what a podcast really was because mm -hmm. they're from Asia and you yeah. know, they're immigrants. So they don't really know that much about these little media things. So did your parents kind of understand it? Or I, I feel like they, they had a firm grasp of what you were doing. Well, well my parents, um, this, they're, they know what's going on, but they mm -hmm. don't really fully understand it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because you can't really blame them. They're in the medical field. so, mm -hmm. And their parents have been in the medical field. My f whole family history has just been involved in the medical field. That is so true. Mine too. Like all my cousins are all doctors. And, doctors <laughs> and my parents want me to become one. I'm like, I don't, I don't I, I've never really liked science that much. But like I like different parts of science. But life sciences is something that I really like. I, I don't get. Respect. Absolute respect. <laughs> <laughs> because, um... You know, I just feel like I, I really respect those who are like, I'm going to try out something new, you know, do mm -hmm. what I want to do. Yeah, that's um, what you did. And my parents are supporting me. That's the best part about it. You know, yeah. they they want me to succeed in this field. Mm -hmm. Plus, with this whole, you know, like minority thing, you know, how hard it is for Asians to get into Hollywood. They really want someone to set the example that anyone mm -hmm can get mm -hmm. into that industry and mm -hmm. they thought that my rare opportunity is like a really good platform so they're really wow. supporting me over this yeah that's great so when you apply to colleges do you feel like this would be like something that some like a big thing like do you think like you could get into harvard by putting this <gasps> onto your resume <laughs> not with my gpa <laughs> <laughs> well uh, uh, that thing will bump it up won't it uh, I'm heading into my junior year. It's the last year before college apps, buddy. Kind of screwed. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm going into my senior year, so I'm one year ahead of you. Oh, Did yeah, you how's, think, ju okay. how's junior year, by the way? Okay, so for me, I'm going to be honest. Like, I was balancing. I was I was an officer in a club. Ooh, for okay. Uh, I was doing marketing. I was also balancing this podcast, and I was also balancing, uh -huh. like, different things. And that was really nice. Somehow, I managed to get straight A's and still like. Damn. And, okay. Okay. So I I don't think I'm qualified to give tips, but I guess like schedule everything. So I have a calendar in my room and I write time and I write. Oh. What I'm do. Oh yeah, that <laughs> I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> and like I I do all these different things, and uh, in terms of studying, study like three to five days before a test, instead of like cramming the night before and also i read this thing on reddit where if you if you smell if like if you smell lavender while you're doing like studying and then you on the test you smell lavender your memories come back and it will like make you memorize it better 
but I don't know. I'm gonna try that this year. But what? So like you know like how like when you smell a certain smell like your memories come back from that time. But I don't. I'm trying. I'm gonna try it. Uh... Um, <laughs> I'm gonna try that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So junior year, uh, you did your PSAT already. I'm assuming you can do your Ooh, PSAT. Soon. You know, you know. Before I did this podcast, I was doing a mock SAT. <laughs> You're doing a mock. Okay. <laughs> Good? Good. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, yeah. really trying to get that up here. Mm. <laughs> but I think what you're doing is really cool too. About I like how like you're trying to balance this performing arts thing, but also balancing um, academics, and you're making sure that your education is top notch. Because I think a lot of actors that are young, they don't really prioritize the education part of it. So I like how yeah. you're doing that. Yeah. I guess like some like last question like. What do you do in your free time? You said you play video games. What video games do you play? Oh well, um, I during my free time I play video games. You know, uh, I also really, really like looking at products online, but not buying them, like adding them <laughs> to my cart, but never actually paying the money. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I just I that, love that's the best video game right there. It's called Amazon Impulse, okay. Impulse. I'm, I'm resisting the impulse, <laughs> but at the same time I'm falling for it. <laughs> but <laughs> um what is it? I'm very, very competitive in Madden. I could probably Madden oh wow, okay. I could probably destroy anyone in Madden. I'm a huge football fan. Uh-huh. Yeah, Baltimore Ravens for life. By the way, tomorrow is the first preseason game for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's gonna ball out. Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I like football. Uh-huh. I just like it's not something that I like 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 I'm I like like basketball more than I like football. Ooh, I'm a Wizards fan, so I'm kind of sad right now. Oh, why? Because you have nothing. I'm a Bay Area fan, so I I, I can feel. Don't you tell kinda. me. Don't, not don't, really. Don't tell me you're a Warriors fan. I mean, I live in the Bay Area all my life. I've been the Warriors fan for, like, since I was young, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I've been a Warriors fan ever since I was young. Please believe me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Um, right. Are you a Clippers fan now? Huh? <laughs> no, I'm not a Clippers fan, actually. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't even know who's on the Wizards anymore. John Wall. We have a Bradley John Wall Beal. who tore his Achilles by slipping in his kitchen. He's out for the next year. Uh, Are you serious? I didn't even know that. That's how he tore his Achilles. He slipped in his kitchen. Okay. So you you know you learn something new every day. So you watch sports. You play Madden. You're... I play 2K19. I I also pre-ordered 2K20. I unfortunately stopped buying 2K because I felt like it was the same game every year and I. I I didn't want to get it anymore. You see, I play online with my friends, so I have to get the Okay, so game. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> my friend... Oh, but, like, unfortunately... Okay, my friend group doesn't really like sports. I'm the only person that likes sports. That's, like, literally me, I, except I have, like, two friends who just play with me all the time. Otherwise, yeah, I, I no one would play. I play... Oh, like, they play Minecraft and... Oh, uh, yeah, let me tell you. I... My friends, we have, like... It's a group of, like, eight people. We have a private Minecraft server that we've been just grinding this summer. That's exactly what my friend group is doing. Are we like, see, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying like, we're all like normal teenagers. And what you said about like the same thing. Like, okay, we literally do the same thing. Like I just go on Discord and I talk to my friends and we play Minecraft and we play like Scribble.io and stuff like that. I mean, that's, I guess we're all like the same. We're all the same friend group and 
like you made like a motion picture movie but that doesn't make you like any more or less than anybody else we we all have like the same interests and we all have the same passions and stuff like that speaking of minecraft i just realized that one of my that dave one of my friends just changed his profile picture to a sheep a sheep from minecraft is it water sheep is it a gray sheep it's a white sheep okay that's yes that's <laughs> thank you for telling me that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we both have the same friend groups pretty much. Yeah, so we all have the same friend groups. We play yep. Minecraft, we play NBA 2K, we watch sports. We're the same. We're so, the same. Okay, so to end, like, the interview, I asked some people that are fans of Ready Player One to ask you some questions. Oh, okay. So, here we go. All right. Mm. Oh, okay, so this is the first question that you already answered, but I guess you can answer it again. Baby Walker sixty six asks, "Have you read Ready Player One before or after the film's release?" I read it before on my way to the final audition. It was a five hour five hour bus ride on a bus called the Moose. That's very specific. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Minkle Matt two o two asks, "What would your character look like if the Oasis was real?" Oh my God, it would just look like me. It would just look like you. Like otherwise, no one is gonna recognize me. I mean, like, come on. I, oh, do people recognize you after the film? Did people recognize? Oh, you? Oh no, no. I'm talking about my friends. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like, do, do people recognize you? Like, do they want like autographs and stuff? Uh, not autographs, but like, in my school, my story has gone around. So a lot of people in my school who I don't even know just come up to me like, "Oh, you're that kid from Ready Player One." I'm like, "Damn right, I am." People from your school? Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. Did your friend group increase after the movie? Or did it always stay the same? Uh, no, I just stuck with my my homeboys, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Buttery Alex asks, What do you think about the concept of a real-life oasis, and would you use it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely would. I'm huge when it comes to uh, technology. I just... Mm -hmm. I love technology, love video games. But with the match together for another world that you could do anything in hell yeah i'm down <laughs> yeah that's awesome um girls exactly. gone kyle asks <laughs> what is your uh, current favorite video game or movie current favorite movie is going to be shawshank redemption it's my all-time favorite oh. um current favorite video game Madden 20, because it just released, and it actually has new features. Oh, wow. I yeah. don't play Madden, so I wouldn't know. Yep. And then they also ask these three questions. Favorite scene to shoot? Did you take anything home from the set? And how has your life changed? Um, Favorite scene to shoot? It's probably... It was just one scene that got deleted from the movie. Um, At the beginning, you know how it shows the artifact? Uh -huh. That changes you into anything you want to be for like 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. uh, what happened was there's a scene where Dido would be shown getting it because he uses it later to become Gundam. So both of us would grab it and we would fly up through a portal to exit. So they hooked us onto a harness, onto a wire, and we were basically floating above the ground. That's how we shot the scene. It was really fun. Hmm. But unfortunately, I got deleted from the movie. And oh. uh, what, was, wow. what was the second part of the question? Did you take anything home from the set? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I actually, the fire extinguisher that I threw in the movie to <laughs> Finale Sandor, it was made out of foam. 
and I oh. took it, and Spielberg signed it for me, and it's in my closet right behind me. Hey, right now. wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, I guess you touched upon it, but uh, I don't think you have to answer. It was how has your life changed, but you kind of talked about it. Already. It didn't really change that much. Like you're not really changed that much. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. All the other questions I pretty much an you pretty much answered already. So I think that's good. So. I guess I, that's pretty much gonna end it. Uh, I don't really have any more questions. I just want to say, like, you know, thank you for coming All on right. and talking to me about it. It's really, yeah. really interesting hearing about what it's like being an actor from teenager standpoint. You see all these actors, uh, but they're all like older, and you're teenagers, so it's interesting to hear it from that perspective, uh, with like school involved and what your life is like after. So, yeah. That's pretty much going to do it. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. You made it all the way through. That's 40 minutes, and you listened to all the way. I really applaud you for that. Um, it was a great time to be able to talk to Philip. He's such an amazing person, and to be able to go through something as big as working with Steven Spielberg to be in his first movie, that's a pretty amazing feat, and it was an amazing time also to hear about the perspectives and insight about somebody that went through that. If you're new here, be sure to hit that follow button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. On Twitter, I don't really post much. It's Major Jobs Pod, but uh, it's not really active, so you're probably not going to follow that. But how about, what if if I say don't follow it, will it be reverse psychology and you guys will follow it? So, okay, in this episode, I'll say do not follow my Twitter. I don't want you to. Don't even go to the page. Thank you for following my instructions. So, that's pretty much going to do it for this episode. Um, I really appreciate you listening through all the way through. And I can't wait to see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.